from Wondery, I'm Hansel Ramirez, and this is Who's Amazing Life. You've heard of people who changed the course of history, but before they made their mark on the world, they were people like you and me, still figuring out what they wanted to do with their lives. On this episode, you will be that person everyone knows. You might be a musician, or an athlete, a scientist, or a painter. You may know what the person accomplished later in life, but now you can experience everything they faced along the way, from challenges and heartbreak, to triumphs and excitement. All the moments that built this person into someone who would change the world. There will be clues to who you are, so pay attention, but only at the end will you find out who you are. So sit back and imagine your amazing life as The Marcher. Imagine you are 10 years old. Your bare feet are digging into the rich, dark soil of your family's farm. A warm breeze blows over a lush field of green watermelon vines. You crouch down on one knee, take a plum watermelon the size of a soccer ball in your hands and bring it up to your ear. If you knock on it and you hear a hollow sound, then you know it's ripe and ready to eat. This watermelon is going to be especially delicious. It is your job to pick the best ones and place them on a wagon to be taken into town. But it's hard work and the sun is beating down especially hard today. So you decide to take a little break. You tuck the watermelon under your arm and head into the cool shade of a cypress tree. You sit on the ground and lean back against the trunk, holding the watermelon between your knees. Carefully, you cut into it and pull out a perfect slice. Mm, you've just taken your first delicious bite of a sweet red fruit, when suddenly, you're interrupted. Just what do you think you're doing, mijo? You freeze, watermelon juice dripping down your chin. You lift up your eyes to see your mother standing in front of you with her hands on her hips. She does not look happy. The fruit we pick are to sell at the market. The extra are for our fiesta, and that is not until sundown. Oh, lo siento, mami. You will have your watermelon at the fiesta with everyone else. We can't just take things whenever we want, mijo. As the saying goes, el que no vive para servir, no sirve para vivir. Your mother often says a dicho that gives helpful words to live by. This one means, those who do not live to serve don't know how to live. Mommy understands that for the farm to run properly, everyone has to pull their weight. A few hours later, the weather starts to cool and the fiesta begins. Picnic tables are piled high with delicious fruit and vegetables, tacos and conchas, colorful Mexican sweetbreads. The air is filled with joyful sounds, music, storytelling, and laughter. Your familia is large and the land they own is even larger, stretching almost as far as the eye can see. With your mother and father, brother and sisters, and all your uncles, aunts, and cousins present, the fiesta is the biggest party you have ever seen. 
You smile as you bite into your watermelon and take in the festive scene. Mommy was right. It is better to work for others. <laughs> your belly is full. You feel safe and happy. And because of your hard work, <laughs> you brought joy to the people you love. A few weeks later, you're crouched down working on your least favorite chore, cleaning the chicken cup. <laughs> you're shoveling straw and hosing down the wooden floor when you hear a car pulling up to your house. You step outside the coop and see your father talking to a man you don't know. He looks pretty important in his clean suit and tie. I, you can't hear what they're saying, but your father looks upset. You feel a pang of worry in your stomach. Slowly, you walk towards them, trying not to be noticed. The man hands your father a stack of papers. As your dad reads them, his brow starts to furrow. He sighs deeply and his shoulders lump. You don't understand what's going on, but it can't be good. As the man drives away from the house, you walk up to your dad. He's wiping away tears. You never seen him cry before. Papi? What was that man doing here? Just giving me papers from the bank. What kind of papers? Is everything going to be all right? Don't worry, mijo. We'll talk about it tonight. That night, your father gathers the whole family together at the picnic tables outside the house to tell them the news. Things are definitely not all right. A drought has devastated your family's crops and your father owes too much money in taxes. He has to sell the farm, the chickens, the watermelons, the cypress tree, all of it. But your dad urges everyone not to despair. There is a place with plenty of work, California. We will move there, work hard and build a good life. You raise your hand. You find it hard to speak up for yourself in front of people, but you have lots of questions. Papi? What about my friends? What about the school? Your mother steps towards you and places her hands on your shoulders. We will make the best of it, mijo. When we get settled, we will get you into school and you will meet new friends. You are scared. But you remember what your mother always told you. Al mal tiempo, buena cara. In bad times, put on a happy face. There is hope in California. When you arrive in California, it turns out that hope, it's hard to find. There are many more people looking for work than there are jobs. And because of that, workers are paid poorly. For the next several months, your family moves from place to place, traveling to different farms, picking whatever fruits or vegetables they will pay you to harvest. You become part of a large group of people called migrant workers. They're spread all across California, and they travel just like your family does. From place to place, harvesting crops on other people's farms. You miss your farm back home, where your cousins, aunts, and uncles all work together. Life is so different now. You're kneeling in the dirt between long rows of strawberry plants. You are 13 years old now, and today 
it's your job to pick as many ripe red berries as you can. Your knees hurt from rubbing against the rough ground. The sun beats down on you, and you are so thirsty. Just then, you spot a water faucet near the end of the row. You crawl towards it and turn it on. But before you get to take a sip, you see a man approaching. Hey, what are you doing? Is the farmhand who supervises the field. You shield your eyes from the sun as you look up to him. It's hot out. I'm thirsty. I need a break. If you want a break, then everyone else is going to want one too. Turn that water off. Now! You clench your fists, wishing you could tell the man he's being unfair. Or better yet, tell him you quit. But you know you can't. Your family relies on you to make money. As you crouch down to pick more berries, your mind keeps racing. Is there anything you could do to make a change? You're sitting across the kitchen table from your parents, looking into their tired but expectant eyes. You are 15 now. Your family had hoped to have a better life by now, but money is still hard to come by. Tonight, you have an idea for how you could help. You clear your throat. You have something to say to your parents, but you want to make sure it comes out right. Mommy, papi, school is about to start, but working on weekends won't be enough. I should be helping out more. I'm going to quit school and work full time. Your father is stunned. Your mother takes your hands and squeezes them gently. No, 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 mijo. School is important. I know how to read and write. I can help you and papi more if I'm not trying to keep up with classwork. Remember what you always say, mami. El que no vive para servir, no sirve para vivir. Those who do not live to serve don't know how to live. You turn to your dad and look him in the eye. I'll help us make things better. I promise. Your dad bows his head. You can tell that he wishes things were different. Suddenly, you feel a huge knot in your stomach. You just made a very big promise. Do you really believe you have it in you? To make things better for your family? You keep that promise by working day in and day out, earning money for your family and finding ways to help other farm workers in need. When you learn to drive a car, you take sick and elderly workers to the hospital so they can get medical care. It feels good to give help to the people in your community who need it. But no matter how much you do, it's still not enough. As you enter adulthood, there is one thought that is always in your mind. There must be a better way to help. You're sitting in the front seat of your car parked outside a house in Oakland, California. Your hands are gripping the steering wheel and your heart is pounding in your chest. Tonight, you're supposed to give a speech to a small gathering of people. And boy, are you nervous. You are 25 years old now, and you're a leader in the CSO, a community service organization dedicated to improving the lives of Mexican-Americans. You are here to inspire people to work together to make things better for migrant farmers, like your family. 
you walk up to the house and remember your mother's teacher. El que no vive para servir, no sirve para vivir. You take a deep breath and ring the doorbell. A stern woman opens the door and peers at you. We were supposed to start 15 minutes ago. Where is the organizer? There's no turning back, you think. You raise your hand hesitantly. That's me. I'm the organizer. You? The woman rolls her eyes. She clearly doesn't take you seriously. You are so young. Her dismissal stings, but you gather all your courage and walk to the front of the room. You keep your voice steady and begin. <clears throat> I want to talk to you all today about who we are and what we do. My family used to own land and we lost it all. We had neither the resources... You're surprised by how easily the words flow out of you. And as you look around the room, you can see that the people gathered are listening to what you have to say. I know the hardships you endure. I have high hopes for our community. Together, we can educate the people to fight for a better life. As you finish, the people gather let you know they agree with you. Some of them even offer to host more meetings. A new thought dawns on you. Maybe, maybe this is how you can live to serve by teaching people how to work together and help themselves. You leave the meeting feeling hopeful, but also determined. There is more work to be done, and tonight was only the beginning. Hey, grown-ups! Power up your family's playtime with the Nintendo Switch system, the home of Mario and Friends. Jump into the unexpected with Mario, Princess Peach, and more in Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Or challenge each other to a race in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Go to Nintendo.com and browse the full lineup of Nintendo Switch systems. Additional accessories may be required for multiplayer mode. Games, system, and some accessories sold separately. It's a scorching hot day. You're on a dirt road next to a California farm where grapes are grown. The farm is owned by a big company called Shanley Industries. Sweat drips from your head, stings your eyes, and soaks your shirt. But you don't let that stop you from speaking to the workers gathered around you. If you want a better life for yourself, join us. Join La Causa. You are 39 years old now, and you are trying to convince these farm workers to stop working. You want them to refuse to return to work until the leaders of Shinley Industries give them better working conditions and better pay. In other words, you are urging them to go on strike. Your throat may be parched, but your message is getting through. By your side is Dolores Huerta, a good friend from the CSO and your partner in starting a new organization. It's a union, a group of workers who are banding together to seek fairness and justice in the workplace. Your new union is called the National Farm Workers Association and your fight for fairness is called La Causa. 
Dolores has a bullhorn gripped firmly in her hand. Join la causa. Join us for your future. Her energy is a great balance to your quiet personality. She has been at your side many times, trying to convince workers to strike. You're getting ready to take a turn on the bullhorn when you notice something down the dirt road. There's a pickup truck headed towards you, and it's moving way too fast. Dolores sees it too. She yells out to the crowd, The truck is coming right for us! You wave your arms and guide people to safety. Get out of the road! Muevete! Muevete! You jump out of the way, barely avoiding the truck. Your heart races. There are lots of people who disagree with your actions and want to scare the workers so that they don't go on strike. You spring to your feet and find Dolores. Is everyone okay? Si. Estamos bien. It's getting more dangerous by the day. You are glad that everyone came away from this incident without getting hurt. You try your best to calm everyone down, but secretly, you feel afraid. How can you say you're helping people if you're putting them in harm's way? A few weeks later, you and Dolores are pacing in the living room of a friend's home. It's late at night during a meeting with a small group of people you trust the most. One of them is a talented young playwright named Luis Valdez, who shares your ideas about fairness and equality. You are drinking café de olla, sweet coffee that's brewed in a clay pot. You are trying to hatch a new plan, a new way to put pressure on grape growers, like Shenley Industries, so that they improve conditions for their workers. Dolores stops pacing for a moment and turns to the group. We need something that will capture the attention of everyone in California and beyond. Luis puts down his coffee. What if we got people to march peacefully like Martin Luther King did? The idea is so good. It spurs you to come up with another. Not just a march, a pilgrimage. A long walk that requires sacrifice and hardship. It would be a way for us to really express to the world just how committed we are to making things better for the workers. Dolores nods in agreement. You walk over to a bookshelf and pull out a roadmap. The group huddles around you. We'll start here in Delena, where I live, and march north. We'll walk from one farm to another and invite as many workers as we can to join the pilgrimage. We won't stop walking until we reach the state capital. Right here, in Sacramento. Luis traces the route through California with his finger. Delena to Sacramento? That's a long way to walk. Over 280 miles. Are you sure we can walk all that way? Dolores joins the both of you in studying the map. It won't be easy, but as the dicho says, a darle que es mole de olla. <laughs> you smile and turn to Dolores. Hard work is worth it in the end. That's something my mother might say. You pull out a red pen from a drawer and start to mark the route on the map. Deep down, you have always been a leader of people. Tonight, you finally know where you want to lead them. A month later, 
you are marching down the street, the chants of your fellow marchers fill your ears. You look up and see the sky is a perfect blue. You could not have asked for a more perfect day for the beginning of your pilgrimage to Sacramento. Dozens of farm workers have joined you on your march. They carry signs with them and chant, Viva la causa! Viva la huelga! Long live the cause! Long live the strike! You make it a couple of blocks without trouble. But as you turn the corner, you see the road ahead is blocked by a line of police, on foot and on horseback. An officer on horseback trots up to you. He looks nervous, as if he is anticipating a fight. You look around at your fellow marchers and see flickers of fear as they eye the police. The officer grips the reins of his horse tightly as he stares down at you. You better not cause trouble. We don't want any trouble here. Neither do we. We are merely walking down the street. You remember how Martin Luther King practices non-violence in his struggle for civil rights. You urge the marchers to remain peaceful and lead them in a quiet prayer. The officer pulls on the reins and rides back to talk to the other policemen. It's very quiet as everyone watches and waits. And then, a few minutes later, the police move out of the way. <laughs> the workers cheer and the pilgrimage continues. You have taken your first steps on the long road north to Sacramento. As your pilgrimage continues north through the farming communities of California, you are welcomed at each stop by migrant workers who crowd around to ask you how they can get involved with the union. Tonight, the locals have thrown you a fiesta in the town square. It reminds you of the celebrations your family had back home when you were a child. Music and the smell of delicious food fills the air. But you're unable to enjoy it. Your feet hurt so bad. All of the older people marching wear comfortable shoes, but you have chosen to march in the same kind of heavy boots farm workers wear in the field. You choose to wear these boots as a symbol of who you are fighting for. But the boots are causing terrible blisters. The pain makes it so that you can barely stand, much less walk. Your friend Luis is concerned for you. You won't make it all the way to Sacramento if you keep wearing those boots. Why not put on some sneakers? Wouldn't that be more comfortable? <laughs> it would, but... Where would the sacrifice be in that? Hmm? These are the conditions our workers are faced with. We need to make people understand. The next day, you are back on your feet, still in your boots, but with the help of a cane. You move forward slowly, one painful step at a time. As you approach Sacramento, you notice the crowd you lead has become much larger. 300 have marched with you today. Newspapers are beginning to write stories about the pilgrimage. The energy is electric as you get nearer and nearer your goal. Yet, 
doesn't quite feel like a victory. As night falls, you sit on your bed in a small hotel just off the freeway. You're only a couple of days away from Sacramento, and you wonder if you are ever going to get the momentum you need. You take off your boots and rub the bottom of your aching feet. <laughs> You're exhausted and ready to steal a few hours of sleep. Suddenly, Dolores rushes into the doorway, barely able to contain her excitement. Come to the phone! Handle it's Shenley Industries. They want to meet with you to make a new deal for the workers. You jump to your feet in joy, <laughs> forgetting for a moment how much pain you're in. The pilgrimage is working. Now you feel like you can endure anything. It is a gray and cloudy Easter Sunday in Sacramento, with the state capitol as your backdrop. You look out over the 10,000 cheerful faces smiling back at you. The pilgrimage is over. You're exhausted, but happy. Some have already heard the news, but today, at the end of your long and hard journey, you're ready to tell the world of your victory. You walk up to a bank of microphones and start to speak. You have never spoken in front of so many people before in your life. You look into the crowd and Dolores gives you an encouraging nod. You take a deep breath and tell the crowd what Shinley Industries has agreed to. Every one of you who picks grapes in the fields will now get better working conditions and a 40% pay raise. This is the first union contract for farm workers in this country's history! You know that even though the pilgrimage is over, the struggle for farm workers' rights has only just begun. Our movement is spreading like flames across a dry plain. Our pilgrimage is the match that will light our cause for all farm workers to see what is happening here so that they may do as we have done. History is on our side. May the struggle go on. Viva la causa! The strike and the pilgrimage capture the attention of the country. But it takes four more years before your union makes things better for all grape pickers. In 1975, you achieved the greatest victory of all the passage of a California law that guarantees farm workers the right to form a union. But your work is still not done. You fight against the use of harmful pesticides in crops and spread your message all over the country. You become known as one of this country's greatest leaders, a tireless fighter for civil rights and the rights of all workers. Your commitment to serving others is reflected in your own words. True wealth is not measured in money or status or power. It is measured in the legacy we leave behind for those we love and those we inspire. You are Cesar Chavez. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Who's Amazing Life ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus Kids and Apple Podcasts. Grown-ups, before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. From Wondery, this is Who's Amazing Life. This episode contains reenactments and dramatized details. While we can't know exactly what was said, we use many sources when researching our stories, including biographies, documentaries, articles, and interviews. I'm your host, Hansel Ramirez. This episode was written by Jamie Robledo. Our producers are Matt Olmos and Jennifer Klein. Editing by Alisa Adams. Matt Gant is our coordinating producer. Sound design by Andre Plus. Additional audio assistance is by Sergio Enriquez. Tanja Thickpen is our managing producer. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer Beckman, Stephanie Jens, and Marshall Louis for Wondery. Wondery.